Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, you know that we have been going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we finished up chapter 5. In the last part of chapter 5, we talked about certain heart issues. And these were things that, you know, Jesus is really addressing the religious atmosphere of the time that the Pharisees were proclaiming, and that was that they would go around and say, this is what God's Word says. And he started off this section, each one of the six things, by, you've heard it said, but I say to you. And each one of those were heart issues that he talked about. We get into chapter 6 now. He's going to shift a little bit and no longer talk about heart issues, but he's going to talk about your motives. And again, he's trying to address what was the spiritual atmosphere, the religious atmosphere of the Pharisees at that time. And, and I'll be kind of... I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. I've been pastoring for a while now. It could also be the religious atmosphere of church today. Because the reality is, is when you look at our motives of why we do what we do in church, I, we, we have to admit that they're not necessarily pure. <gasps> really, George? Yeah. I mean, here, here's the, you write this down. All of your motives are corrupted in some way. Do you realize that? Every one of you here, including me, all of our motives are corrupted. How can you say that, George? Because I've got good motives in what I'm doing. The reason why I can say that all of your motives are corrupted is because you are, are you ready for this? Maybe you don't like this. You're a sinner. You inhabit a body that gives into the power of sin. And even your good motives can be corrupted. How do you know that? Well, Jeremiah says that our hearts are wicked and who can what? Understand them. So if you and I enter from the very first with the right thought that, you know, not all of my motives are right, it's going to save us a lot of grief. And specifically, when we enter into chapter 6, Jesus is going to talk about two things. We're going to look at one of them today. We're going to look at the other one over the next two weeks. Two things that our motives can be wrong in. Our motives can be wrong. What what, what are those things, George? Well, the first one we're going to look at today is the whole issue of our service. What we do for God. And the fact of the matter is, is that whether you realize it or not, you can have wrong motives for why you do what you do for God. Do you understand that? You can have wrong motives. The second thing that you can have wrong motives in is the issue of prayer. You can have wrong motives in that, and we'll talk about that next week. But today we're going to talk about the issue of having wrong motives concerning our service. And what Jesus has to say there. Which brings up what the problem is. We're going to notice two things about our problem. And the first one is this, and I've already said it to you, is that not all of our motives are pure. So when it comes to your service, are you ready for this? Not everything that you do, the reason why you do them, are pure. What do you mean? It's very possible that the reason why you do what you do has an ulterior motive. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Think about it for a moment. People who are married here for a moment. You ever, you ever, you know, like my wife knows that all of a sudden if I decide to do things around the house, her first question always is, what do you want? <laughs> now, how many of you have had that experience? No, don't raise your hand, okay? Why? Because she's, and, and, and I don't, I don't, and, and, and we laugh, and I don't say to her, well, you're judging my motives. No, she's got a reason to judge her motives because she knows that my motives may not necessarily be right. Did you understand what I'm saying? And I say the same thing to her, like if she cooks up one of my favorite meals, then I usually am ready for something, some question or some project that we need to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Isn't that life? Now, here's the thing. We do that with God, right? You better say yes. Because the reality is, is you know, and I've, and I've, you know, I've been around a while, not all that we do for Jesus is for the right motives. Have you noticed that? So you need to understand that not all of our motives are pure. That's, that's, part, that's the first part of our problem. Here's the second part. Pride drives our actions and motives. What? What are you saying, George? Your pride drives more of you than you realize. And when it comes to your service for God, you need to listen to me, it may very well be that the reason why you do what you do for Jesus has more to do with your own pride and my own pride than it does necessarily for serving God. Did you understand what I'm saying? I mean, we, we just need to realize that. And, and, and that's what Jesus is going to be talking to us about today. He refers to it in the passage that we're going to be looking at as our charitable deeds. He's really talking about our service. He's going to be talking about the whole issue of our motive, our motivation for doing it. And you need to understand, and maybe this is a good time for us to do some self-examination. It was a good time for me to do some self-examination as I study for this. And even as I'm speaking, why do I do what I do? See, motives can really guide us. So let's look at what he says here. Look with me, chapter 6. We're going to look at four verses and see exactly what Jesus is saying here. Look at what he says here in the Sermon on the Mount. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you go, as hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have their glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself rewards you openly. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to actually take these four verses and we're going to divide them into three sections. We're going to see the principle. We're going to see that in verse 1. We're going to see the principle, what he says about the principle here. Then verse 2, we're going to see the big show. Do you know what I mean? The big show. What do you mean by that, the big show, George? Performance. Like, you know, when you go to the county fair and they have the shows in the evening, the people who are up there, they're not just musicians, they're what? Performers. 
We're going to talk about the big show here. And then we're going to look at what proper service is. What does it mean for you and I to properly serve God? So let's look at the principle, first of all, verse 1. Look at what he says there again. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, purpose not to serve others for recognition. Purpose not to serve others for recognition. What's he talking about here, George? Jesus is saying to you and I, when you and I serve him, when we do whatever we do, when we help our neighbor, when we get involved with, like sometimes here at the church, which is coming up here in October, we have Operation Oil Change, and we're, 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 we show up to help people change their oil, especially those who need help doing that. We're not showing up so that we can get glory for ourselves from it. We're doing it because we love Jesus. But maybe you are showing up so you can show how great a wrench turner you are. Or how wonderful you can drive that car up on the ramp. You know know what I'm saying? Or when we have, here's one, we do a lot of things with food around here. And you always make that wonderful pie that everybody's dying for. Why do you do it? Because you're doing it for Jesus or because you like the accolades of hearing somebody say, oh, I just love your pies. Here's the thing. Purpose not to serve others for recognition. That's the principle. So when you volunteer at church to do something or when you volunteer in your neighborhoods or in family to do something, don't be looking for what? Don't be fishing for what? A compliment. Now, why would we do that? I already told you what our problem is, right? Pride. Pride. In fact, let me just stop for a moment. I can say this because I'm like this. Some of you here have grown up in homes where maybe you were always told you would never amount to anything. That's possible here. And what happens is, is that marks you, that scars you. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. That will scar you. So first of all, if you're a parent here, don't ever do that to your child. You will scar them. What happens with a scar like that is, is that now you are seeking affirmation from who? Everybody else. So now your motives are corrupted by your what? Pain. And so why you do what you do is because you are looking for the compliment. You are looking for somebody to affirm you for who you are. But folks, I want you to understand, if you belong to Jesus, you're already affirmed. If you belong to Jesus, he already affirms you for who you are. You're a child of God. He already loves you beyond anything. You don't need to do anything more to impress him. But here's what happens. Because we have that great need, we want others to be impressed by what we do. Here's what he's saying. Purpose not to do, not to serve others for recognition. Why? Here's what the other part of the principle is. Look at that second part there, verse 1. Look at what it says there. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Why? Such service will not be rewarded by God. You know, one of the things I think about a lot as a pastor is this. One day, when I go to be with Jesus, whether he comes for me in the rapture or whether I go to be with him through death, A lot of things that I think that he's going to give me an attaboy for, he's not going to give me an attaboy for. Why? Because the reason why I did them was wrong. It wasn't necessarily for him. It was for who? Myself. 
Well, I can't believe that you would be like that, George, as a pastor. Yeah, I would be like that because I'm a human being and you do the same thing. A lot of what we do for Jesus, we're doing it for the reward we get when? Right now. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're not going to get any reward later. Do you understand what I'm saying? So purpose to have your service for him for the right reasons now. Do you understand? Not for yourself. Because why? Such service will not be rewarded by God. That's what he's telling us in verse 1. Why? Because here's the extreme of it. It's the big show. Look at me at verse 2, and let me explain to you what was going on in Jesus' day. It's a little bit more ridiculous in Jesus' day. Thankfully, we're not that blatant. But here's what it says. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that you may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say that they have their reward. Now, here's what was going on in Jesus' day. This is kind of extreme, but this is what they would do. The Pharisees, what they would do is this. They would do things, but they're doing things not for God, as though they said they were doing it for God. They would do things so that people would recognize them. What do you mean? Well, what they would do is this. Before they would do something charitable, they would have a trumpet player show up and announce, Take a look! He's about to do something! Look at what he's doing for God. Now you say, that's downright ridiculous, isn't it? Really? What about today? We don't have a big trumpet player, but we'll give you our website, www.checkoutwhatimdoingforjesus.com. Right? Isn't that true? Look at my Facebook page. And see all the charitable things that I'm doing for God. First of all, by the way, if you're defeated by Facebook, let me just go ahead and tell you right now, realize that people do not put their problems on Facebook. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed nobody says, I had a flat tire today. Boy, that cost a lot of money. Got a runny nose. NyQuil's not working anymore. Have you noticed those are not the things we... We put on Facebook all of our wonderful things. And you get defeated because so-and-so seems like they have a spectacular life. Oh, they got problems too. They just aren't talking about it. See, here's the thing. The big show is doing all this stuff for recognition. And two things I want you to see here. Look at what it says here. Hypocrisy makes sure that everyone sees your service. Hypocrisy. That's presenting yourselves in some way spiritually that's not necessarily reflective of who you truly are. And what it does is hypocrisy wants to have everybody recognize themselves. Look at what I've done. Look at the thing I'm doing for Jesus. See, I don't have that problem, George. That's somebody else's problem. That's not my problem. Really? That's not your problem? Ask yourself this question. The last time you did something and nobody recognized you for it, did you have this thought enter into your mind? Nobody really cares what I do for the Lord. That tells you something, doesn't it? Tells you that what you're doing is not necessarily for the Lord, but for what people think about you, right? Are you not getting the recognition? And, and, and understand something. Listen to me. Why are we so into it? Because our culture is into it, isn't it? Our culture is into the 15 minutes of fame. 
Our culture is into getting YouTube pictures and everything about what you're doing and having everybody like you. See, that's the big show. Hypocrisy wants to make sure that everybody sees your service. Now, here's the second thing I want you to see from the passage that we see here that says this, it wants the praise and admiration of men. That's why we do what we do. Listen, do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I say to you, you've got to be careful of your motives and that our motives are corrupted and that pride is a big issue. And what happens is, is with pride, we like having people say, good job. Have you noticed that? We like people saying, wonderful. In fact, I, we're, we're just prone to that. Why? Because that's how we raise our kids. You do a good job, I'll give you a cookie. You mess up? Well, we'll talk about that later. Did you know what I'm saying? If you behave yourself at Walmart and don't want everything there, mommy will buy you an ice cream. Have you done that? Some of you are honest. Yes, I've done that. It works. Okay? But think about what we've done. We've conditioned ourselves that what we do is in order so that people will what? Buy me an ice cream? No. Say you're doing a good job. Say you're wonderful. Say you're spectacular. You're great for the kingdom. The church needs you. First of all, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Let me put, a, put an end to that one. The church doesn't need you. The church doesn't need me. Lori and I learned that from our first church. When we left our first church, we were there for four years. We were so devastated. How are they going to function without us? They just went right on. Life just continued on. And you know that if you've been around church for a long time, life continues on, right? Nobody needs anybody. But isn't that why we do what we do? So the people can admire us and tell us, how old will this place will never be the same without you? Trust me, somebody else will come and replace you. And they'll even say this, you are so much better than that other guy. You know that. Get real. It wants praise. That's the big show. Do you understand? That's the big show. Here's what I want you to see. What does he want us to do then? What is proper service? How do I make sure that my motives are right, George? How do I make sure that they aren't corrupted? Here's what Jesus tells us to do. Look at verse 3 and 4. But when you do do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. What's he saying here? First thing, quietly serve others. Quietly serve others. See, when your motives are wrong, you want to be openly recognized. But if your motives are right, it doesn't matter if you are openly recognized. Do what you do quietly. He uses the word in secret. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. What in the world does that mean, George? That means you just go about doing it without wanting anybody else to know what you're doing. You know, one of the wonderful things that happened for me as happens as pastor, I've been here 14 years. And you know, when you're, I come here week after week, I'm in the office, and I'm always amazed. And here's what I'm amazed by. 
whether it's here at the church or I'm amazed watching what goes on in the, fa- the family lives of others around us, I'm amazed of people quietly, listen to me, quietly, nobody knows what they do, quietly doing things around the church and why they do it. They're not wanting to be recognized because nobody knows they're doing it. But they make sure that the church happens or quietly doing things in the lives of people. Do you know what I mean? Nobody knows what they're doing. I, I remember in our first church, we had a gentleman, I found out about it, but he, if he knew that there was a family in need, he would go and buy a grocery bag filled with groceries and leave it on their porch. And nobody would know who it was. Why did he do that? Because he did it for Jesus. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've watched that here with, with young people and, and, and deeds that were done for, for the good of our young people. And nobody, I won't even, I, I can't even tell you what was done. But I sit there in amazement. Because they wanted to serve. And they're not looking, they're not like, look at me, look at me. They're just quietly serving because they're looking for a reward from somewhere else. I've seen that with others, doing things for others in our church. That's what God calls us to do. Not so that you can raise the horn and look at me. First of all, that's usually a sign that you need, there's a problem there when they start saying, look at me, right? You start wondering about their what? Their motives. See, if, if I'm going to have proper service, if I'm going to have proper motives, I need to quietly do it. And the first time somebody says to me, well, I don't get recognized for... That tells me something. That tells you something. First of all, we're not into recognition around here. Have you noticed that? I mean, how do you know we're not into... First of all, I tell you to call me George. I have yet to tell you to call me pastor, Right? We're not into the recognition thing here. We're into quietly what? Serving each other. That's proper service. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Do your charitable deeds, it says, in what? Secret. Here's the second thing I want you to see there about that proper service. God rewards humble service. God rewards humble service. Look at what he says there. That your charitable deeds may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. What does that mean? Well, one day, folks, you and I are going to be standing before the great king, Jesus himself. We're going to be there before the throne. And if you love him and serve him, I can't think of a greater reward than him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember when your, your, your dad said to you or your mom said to you, great job? Or that leader said to you, like I think about a scoutmaster that I had years ago who's now gone on to be with the Lord. And, and, and when they said to you, great job, you did well, that was a great play you made in that game, or, or that was, you know, you did well on that report card, or, or you did well on that job. 
how good if you made you feel. Remember that? And you just did it because you weren't look, necessarily look, looking for the compliment, but when it came, you were like, yeah! Think about how we're going to feel one day when we're with Jesus. And when because we quietly served him, he rewards us what? Openly. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that not going to be awesome? That's what we need to be living for, folks. That's what we need to be living for, is for Jesus himself to say to us, you did a good job. You did a good job. Now enter into my rest. Enter into paradise. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Did you understand? That's what he's calling us to. You say, okay, George, what, what do we do with this? How do we, how do we apply this to our lives? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of questions here for you to think about, not just for right now, but I want you to think about them during the week and, and an action point. Here's the first one. What motivates you? What motivates you? Why do you do what you do? I mean, that's a serious question, isn't it? Have you really ever thought about that? Have you taken a moment to think about why you do what you do? Is it because you are wanting somebody to affirm you? Are you wanting something? Did you know what I'm saying? I mean, and we, we are like that. Don't you remember what it's like at Christmas when you're a kid? You go buy your dad some stupid, geeky gift because you got to give dad a gift and it's not something like he can use. Like, I thank the Lord that I never got aftershave from my kids, but, uh, but here, here's the thing. And, and, and it's like, here you go, dad. Here's your gift. What you get me? The string attached to the gift thing. You know what I'm talking about? What motivates you? That's a serious, again, don't just think of it now. Think of it in terms of why do you do what you do during the week? What motivates you in every area of your life? Here's the second one. Are your motives proper? See, once you've realized what motivates you, you've got to ask yourself the question, is it proper? Is it right? Is it pure? Or are they corrupted? See, I think you're going to be shocked when you start asking yourself those two questions that you begin to realize that things ain't right at home. What do you mean home? In yourself. And let me just stop for a moment. I just want to ease everybody's conscience here. Oh, no, no, I don't know if I want to do that. Now, I want you to ease your conscience. You, Every one of you should find yourself saying, I ain't right. Do you know what I'm saying? Look to your neighbor right now and tell him, you're not right. <laughs> I don't like that, George. Well, no, you're not. Okay? You're not right. I mean, if you think you are, trust me, you're not. And the reality is, listen, the reality is, is that you need to ask yourself, what motivates you and if your mo- are your motives proper? And what you're going to find is, is your motives a lot of times aren't proper. So what do we do about it, George? Well, here's what our action point is. You really need to ask the Spirit because he's the one who changes you. You need to ask the Spirit to help you to quietly serve others. Quietly. Not for you, not for the big show, not for affirmation. But because you want to serve Jesus. And it doesn't really matter if people recognize it or not. 
And let me just tell you something, folks. A lot of times, most of the time, they won't. But you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with that. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.